You're listening to the BU Hockey Show on WTBU Sports. Welcome to episode 16 of the BU Hockey Show, the Julian Nearest episode, the Sammy Davis episode, also known as the Robert Maximoni episode and formerly the Max Wilman episode. Might I'm Patrick Connelly. With Sorry. me is Brady Gardner. No, no. That might be the best one yet. The best, I mean, like, trio or the best quartet of names we yeah. have. Yeah. That's a stronger – Max Willman is the weak link. Man just scored his first NHL goal. Yeah. Like, that's He's a good – making the most of the opportunity in the pros. Working his he way sure? up the ladder, ECHL, AHL, yeah. and now NHL. Which is insane because he came as a grad transfer to BU, and he was fine. Like, he had a couple bright moments, but he was pretty much a third liner. Didn't really think much of it. And now here he is. Like you said, climb the ranks. Like – Hard work. hard work dedication Max hard work yeah i mean he's become philly's like go-to guy for a call-up which is like pretty good you get to light it up in the ahl and then when they need a guy up top you just go you get the per diem money yeah um, i imagine he'll be probably fighting for a spot next year i don't know what his contract looks like yeah but. i mean obviously there's like there's bu across the league but i feel like the most success at least for recent like bu grad or grads uh, program alumni, I guess, um, is probably with Philadelphia because Farabee jumped right in there after his freshman year here. And we all thought it would take a little bit, but jumped right onto the scene. And now he's one of their best players. Um, also got that massive contract, like great for him. And now Max Wilman's doing the same thing. I mean, not, not at the same level, but rising the ranks, like you said, so quickly. And now, you know, being that go-to guy for call-ups, like you said. Yeah. I mean, Anaheim is Zegers and Shattenkirk. That's a good point. And but maybe they didn't one develop more. Shattenkirk, you know, it's different if it's their first stop. I kind of like that. Okay. Yeah. So McAvoy and Grizzly. Okay. That uh, cool. That's a good one because they got them and Coyle. Yeah. They didn't really develop. They still got Coyle when he was still young ish, but right. I would say the Wild developed Coyle. But the Wild had Coyle and Greenway for a season. Good point. Huh. All righty. Well, there you go. Episode yeah. 16. Um, forward looking episode here as we approach the new year. And uh, oh, fitting that we talk about Max Willman, the Brown University product originally, because yep. the BU men playing against Brown in just a couple days. Yes, they are. The very mediocre Brown University Bears. Hey. I mean, last time BU, last time BU needed overtime, and Wilmer Scoob was the hero. His first game ever, or first real game, he played an exhibition against Concordia. But it was, you know, the line was Master Smoney, Scoob, and Phillips, and boy, did they deliver for a month. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, well, I think that I think that overtime goal was Phillips cross ice to Scoob one timer. Um, as I try to find Brown's record here, Brown is three and nine this year. Oh, I was giving them a little too much credit. <laughs> three and six in conference wins over Yale, uh, Harvard two nothing if you recall, and Dartmouth four nothing. So they ran off a little two game win streak right there against two ECAC teams on home ice, me and Auditorium, uh, but then losses to BC and Yale to finish the semester. So yeah, I mean this is the return. Yale's also not amazing. Well, yes, that's true. Uh, this is the return trip from I think that game. Um, like you said, a couple of years ago at Aganis, which was another one of those kind of weird timing, like between semesters games. Yeah, that uh, was that like was, just after the new year. 
yeah so they they're a fan of these i guess kind of right around the holiday um but here they are going down to providence uh 2 p.m puck drop on new year's eve which is kind of fun right you go to the game go to a good barn at mean and uh and then maybe you stick around for dinner go get some some italian federal hill you know that area patrick you i know, know of it. i know of it yeah you know uh you know uh, tortilla flats you know any of those no, I'm going to have to find the place I hit up after the a Providence Bruins game at the dunk one time. Local institutions of Brown. Um, it's going to be a fun day, and I'm excited to go. I mean, I, I've like I've probably said before, I've grown up going to Brown games with my dad's connections to the program and just that it's I think it's the closest D1 hockey team to where I live. So it was always like a place we'd go a couple times a season. Haven't been in a few years now, but very much excited to be there with, uh, with BU being the team. In the building. You're part of the Trinity Brew House? I am not. Great burgers there. It's a good one. Okay. Making lots of recommendations. Get on down to Providence. Is it is it Providence? Yeah. Providence, yes. Like the outskirts of Providence, isn't it? Uh, it's like Providence by technicality. Yeah. It's kind of like Providence College where it's not actually in the city, but you have to go into the burbs. Kind of like Boston College, how it's not actually in Boston. But like they're actually in Providence. Yeah. They're in within the city limits, just not in the main city. Yeah. BC would say that their athletics um, facilities are in Boston. Doesn't count. Mm-hmm. Major campus. The majority of campus, not in Boston. Well, Conti and alumni are in Newton anyways. So are they? Is that where I don't even know where the town line is. As we do more geography yeah. here. Let's uh I mean here we go. Yeah, Chestnut Hill, you're right. Conti yeah. Forum is technically a Chestnut Hill address. Yeah, the only things that are actually in Boston are like the softball field and the soccer field. What? I've been lied to this whole time. But I, I think yeah. you're right. Because they have their, like, or it might not even be that. It's probably Newton. Because they have that Newton campus that, like, they send freshmen to. Oh, that's a whole different thing. That's like a bus right away. Oh, is it? But it's called, I think it's called the Brighton campus. or no, Maybe not. I don't remember. I'm not a BC guy. Um, but over near like the former St. John Seminary, that's where the baseball, softball, soccer fields are. That, right. Yeah, the Brighton campus. Yeah. But I don't know. Still not in Boston, but Brown is in Providence. So they already have a leg up in that area. Like we said, Anywho. the Bears, Bruno. Oh, uh, Bears. <laughs> three and nine on the year. Um, I saw them against BC in that game on December 7th. And they put up a little bit of a fight. Like, they kept it interesting. The goalie was good. Let me uh, go check who he was. I forget his name. I mean, but... Brown is getting outshot an average of 35 to 22 every game. Well, yes, and that was definitely the story in that BC game because um, BC did dominate play. But Brown had a couple, like, little sparks and definitely a, a faster team maybe than, than in years past. Uh, they have Chad Chris's brother, Luke. Like, it's kind of fun, but I didn't. I wasn't all that impressed with him. Maybe he just had an off day. Um, as I try to find second in team scoring with five points. Well, I mean, played just about every minute of the game. Like he was on the ice a ton. Yeah. Um, I, I just cannot find these goalie stats. Where? Oh, here we go. Matthew Caron. But it's, I think, is it Caron or is it Karen? I think it's Caron. It's Caron. Is it's, it? I'm going off Jordan Caron. Well, yes. And if it's Matthew with an IEU at the end, makes you think it's a little bit of that Matthew flair. Carl. Matthew Caron. But oh. he was very good. Um, Younger guy, he's uh he's only in his freshman year. Let's see when was he born though. Uh, doesn't say here, but 
he has played five seasons in the BCHL. So that makes you think he's a little bit older than a freshman. Nonetheless, played well. Um, he definitely kept Brown in it for a little bit, and then the floodgates kind of opened for BC late. Uh, but yeah, I mean, as always, BU's going to be the favorite here. Hopefully they can start the semester on a high note. I mean, you certainly hope so. The, the table is set to do it. Think so? Yeah. This is, a, this is a start your next semester off with a win scenario. And if you don't, bust. Well, yeah. I mean, it, you would... you're only down a goalie. And even then, you would assume your other two are better than what the other three at Brown have displayed. I don't know about that. Cameron was pretty good from what I saw. I don't know if he'll get the start or who, who else it might be. Um, but that, yeah, the goaltending is pretty much the, the biggest question mark for BU. And we kind of teased this last, last episode, but we've seen both Benny Duplessis and Ashton Abel in one game each this semester. I mean, Duplessis got some like garbage time um, opportunities, but they both play one full game and neither were particularly great. Duplessis getting beat at Northern Michigan and then Abel getting beat against but if the we're, US if we're trying to do your ever optimistic well, We've of course, seen yeah. Vinny Duplessis do it in the past. We saw Ash Nabel do it for like two weeks. Yes. At, and I feel like what you're given in front of them, considering, again, you're only down the goalie, you should be able to do it. That's true. A lot of it will depend on what's in front of them. That's a good point. Because I don't think the team as a whole played particularly well in either of those games that they started. Um, so, yeah, they're going to need help. But I, I do feel confident in one of the two of them. But I don't know which one it'll be. Do you? Who would you put in net against Brown? I think Duplessis. Yeah. I think so too. I wouldn't be mad either way. Like I would understand it. Well, yeah, because like he has, he played one and a half games this year and wasn't very good and Abel's and hasn't played since November or late October, and Abel's played just once in the last two years. And yeah. wasn't that great either against a bunch of kids. That's a good point. But I guess all the kids can shoot these days, so it really doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, the kids have gotten better. Um, yeah, I guess I won't be mad either way, but I do think probably Duplessis. It's been a while since he played, like you said. So that makes me a little nervous. It's been a while since everybody's played, I guess. A few weeks. What's the difference between three weeks and three months? I don't know. Um, but yeah, that, that's the weak point of the team. I don't know, like... Brown isn't exactly a team that's known for exploiting that, like you said, with those shots on goal differences, but averaging 22 a game, did you say? Yep, getting out shot 35 to 22. Right, so. But is probably going to get out shot 22 to 19, so. <laughs> They'll find a way. Now, I think, like you said, it's a good introduction back into the new semester. Hopefully they have uh, plenty of bodies. Um, we've talked about maybe the concerns of people coming back and, and COVID and what that might mean. Um, but as far as we know, Drew Kamesa was the only guy missing because he's at World Juniors. So hopefully they can get started on a strong note before hosting Arizona State the first weekend of the new year. Yep. Or is it technically the second? Uh, technically first, the second. Technically, technically the second. The first full weekend. No, because New Year's Day is a Saturday. Oh, Saturday. Good point. All right. Second weekend. Um. That's the men's team. I'd say the women's team has more interesting games. Battle of the Berg, baby. Hashtag Battle of the Berg. First chance at a trophy this year for the women. Yep. So they're gonna they're getting Syracuse in the first round of that first Syracuse? time ever playing Syracuse, huh? 
Syracuse? Syracuse. 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 I'm not doing this. It's syrup. Yeah, it's Syracuse. like Sarah, like Syracuse. No, Syracuse, just like you say syrup. No, you say syrup. No, you don't. You do. Syracuse? Okay. Not doing this. I just, I'm not a fan of that, but whatever. We've mentioned on the show like 12 times this year that they're playing Syracuse for the first time ever in program history. And I've, I've time ignored it every time. It up. Syracuse. Anyways, <laughs> round one against Syracuse. They win that. They get the winner of Penn State and St. Cloud State. Uh, Penn State is pretty good this year. They're 10-6-2. St. Cloud State is not that good this year. They're 6-12-1. Whoa. Yeah, I would say BU and Penn State are on a bit of a collision course here, but don't sleep on Syracuse. They are uh, six, nine, and four this season. Uh, let's see, wins over Union, who BU also beat Lindenwood once, RIT once. Um, Penn State, they, they got a 6-3 victory, and then Mercyhurst. So, I mean, they, they've had an up-and-down season for sure. They haven't really strung together many wins. Only the longest win streak is two games. Um yeah. But not a team to take lightly, didn't they? Did they win CHA or did they go to the championship? Uh, was it last one of those? Year? I think they went to the championship. Yeah, I don't think they won. I don't think they were in the championship. But let me just double check because they had a good year last year, like surprisingly good. Um, yeah, they went to the championship, lost to Robert Morris, one nothing. Ouch. And we're assuming this is this would be a tournament that would have Robert Morris in it had they not been yeah. booted. Um, Probably will have them back. Year. They're coming back, which is nice. Yep. Um, and BU, the last time they played uh, Penn State, was a sweep in October 2019. 5-2 win, 5-1 win on the road. For BU? Yes. Oh, that's good news. Huh. Yeah, I, I think um, the weak link of this group would definitely be St. Cloud at 6-11-1. And as much as we are kind of St. Cloud fans by association here, because if you uh, can't beat them, join them. I mean, I just I think St. Cloud's playing the better competition, though. Good point. I mean, they have they're they got Minnesota number two, um, and they got um, number one Wisconsin, number six Duluth. Yeah. On their in their conference, I guess at the same time you could say Syracuse and Penn State in the CHA have you know number three Colgate or no Colgate's ECAC. Right. No, um, you're making a good point there. Stronger competition for St. Cloud, so. Yeah, I guess I mean, by Mercy record, Hurst and Clarkson yeah. always seem to be in the mix, but I don't think they're ranked this year. I could be wrong. Clarkson's also ECAC. Are they? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. CHI okay. is small. It's uh, Penn State, Syracuse, Lindenwood, yeah. Mercyhurst, RIT, and uh, one more. One other one. Did we say Colgate? Harvard. Nope, Colgate's ECAC. See, Harvard's ECAC. Oh, oh I, I thought we were saying ECAC. No, no, no. Um, who's the other one? We're going to get it. Give it a minute. So run through it. LIU? Uh, no, it's not LIU. It's not. Run through what you already said. Oh, here we go. Syracuse, Penn State, Mercyhurst, Lindenwood, RIT. It's just five. It's not six. Plus I... Robert Morris when, they're, when they come back. Oh, that's the one. Good point. Yes. Just five this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, looking at this, this, uh, schedule for St. Cloud, they started their season three and out with wins against, well, I guess Bemidji was an exhibition, but the three, they had three wins in a row, two in actual competition, both against Lindenwood. Uh, they also had two wins in a row over, uh, Minnesota state, 
So that's something. And then they ended up losing two games to Minnesota State at the end of the semester, uh, their last two games before the break. So, yeah, hard to know what to expect from St. Cloud just because, like you said, they have had a strong um, slate of opponents. Bemidji, RIP, uh, RIP, RPI, <laughs> uh, Minnesota, Minnesota State, Ohio State. Like, yeah, actually, they've had a lot of good teams. They also so, lost to St. Thomas, one of your uh, your teams from that uh, that conference with St. A's. Yep. Right? I think so. Uh, maybe um, not. I could be totally wrong there. But I believe this is the second ever Battle of the Bird. Second ever? That's it? So January 5th, 2020, we have an article. First ever Battle of the Bird tournament, oh. a huge success. That featured Wisconsin, Northeastern, Robert Morris, and Colgate. Wow. Wisconsin beat Northeastern in the championship game. Wow. Foreshadowing. And uh, you, I would just assume it didn't happen last year. Oh, yeah. There's no way. And so... Uh, Wow. So the opponents are a little weaker this time around. <laughs> or the, the competitors. Yeah. But I'm excited. It's like a, I don't know, it's a tournament competition where you don't usually get it for at least BU teams right around New Year's with Syracuse 4 p.m. on January 1st. So you watch your BU men at 2 p.m. on the 31st and then your BU woman at 4 p.m. on the 1st. It's like a nice, the, the women's Battle of the Berg is a nice little throwback to what, like, a new uh, Christmas or New Year's tournament in high school. Yeah. You ever play one of those? Yeah. You ever school. win one of those? No. A little Christmas ship? Christmas boat? No. Christmas Boston Whaler? Christmas steam engine? A Christmas riverboat? Steamboat? Steamboat. Sorry. Steam engine trains. Anyway. Um, Anywho. We've reached the part of the show that we solicited for last week, and the mailman was on the holiday. <laughs> a little bit, a little, little light on the mailbag, folks. Um, a little disappointed in you, but that's okay. Very disappointing. You know, we can we can carry it on our own here. Um, and we got, I mean, we have a couple of things. We'll to go carry on. the mail on our own. Uh, we can carry the mail. Mail. We'll, we'll, you know, uphill both ways. Go get the mail. Bring it back. Um. What do we got? Back or good, good player in the world juniors. We were talking about what this kid can bring to your team. Yeah, he carries the mail. <laughs> what does that like, even mean? I feel like that's a phrase I've heard Canadian analysts say. <laughs> it definitely is. Carries Owen Power mail. really carries the mail for Team Canada. Yeah. Oh boy. More on uh, more on old Michigan later. Um, well, we have some stuff to go off of. Um, want to start with yours first? Sure. So we've mentioned Mike Coffey, uh, first time, long time. Love that like, guy. On the show a few times um, about how, what other coaches could do with this roster. Um, <laughs> and, you know, he responded to me or he followed up to me a few weeks ago in the middle of the UNH game. And so I kind of forgot about it in the chaos of everything that weekend. Um, between- Excuse me, Patrick. We have some breaking news. The Ottawa Senators have signed forward Tyler Boucher to a three-year entry-level contract. No way. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, are we kidding? They announced today they've signed forward Tyler Boucher, three-year entry-level contract. Boucher, 18, is in the midst of his first season at the Boston University Terriers, registering three points, two goals, one assist, and a team-leading 34 penalty minutes while skating in 17 of the team's 18 games this season. So he's gone. Oh, yeah. 
Um, this is all from NHL.com. There you go, Patrick. Um, the uh, Ottawa general manager, Pierre Do- Dorian, Dorian. He says, we're pleased to have Tyler under contract. He's a power forward who plays a heavy physical game. He's driven, is strong to the puck, has a big shot, and goes hard to the net. His good hands and tight areas will be a particular benefit to him going forward. We expect him to be an important part of the team's future. Wow. Not a part of BU's future, I guess. So this is the, expectation, the expectation is he's going to get loaned to the Ottawa 67s and the OHL. So... It's it's not necessarily unprecedented. We've uh, seen it. I don't know if there was the same scenario where like Charlie Coyle left midseason to go play juniors. I don't know if it's because he signed, but it's happened before. But probably not where he had already played a season at BU and then left during his sophomore or whatever it was. Um, I mean, it's just this is the cherry on top of just a disastrous first semester for Tyler Boucher. It is. Um, I mean, it, it's like. I guess you could say sometimes with guys like, oh, they look so good that uh, maybe they're ready to make that signing. Like that's what we've had pretty much every time a guy has signed professionally um, in our time at BU. It's been because they were ready to go. Like they were good enough. They were ready for the next level with him. I'm, I'm not sure. Like he, no, it, he's not. It's it's because it he wants work. to go play juniors. It's, he's not good enough to play pro. That's why he's going to get loaned to the juniors. But they had to sign him to do that. He couldn't just leave. I don't know. Like it's, that's what that's where it's confusing to me that it's signing professional contract three years. Like but the Bruins like, signed Fabian Lysel to his three year deal. He's playing juniors, so something like that. Like it, the contract doesn't matter because if if you sign the contract and go play juniors, there's I I'm kind of outweighing my or I don't know I'm out talking myself here. Yeah, with the details of the CBA, but the contract doesn't matter. He's just going to play juniors. I mean, I, I think it's incredible that we started like this whole conversation uh, where you were introducing a question about like system and fit and program and that kind of thing. I mean, it, it's all like it all ties in with Tyler Boucher because it does feel like it just didn't work for him, which is a shame because we've seen those power forwards succeed here, even just last year with Luke Tuck and Dylan Peterson having a successful first season. Like it, it works in college hockey. But it, it didn't work for him through eight games, seven games, or seventeen yeah. was it? Yeah, sorry, seventeen. Um, and he's he's gone. Like, I don't know. I mean, we we knew Brian Boucher wasn't exactly enjoying watching hockey East games. Nope. <laughs> so maybe he was uh, antsy to get Tyler out of there. But I don't know. I don't know if this is more a reflection on BU or on the player. I think it's both. I think it just just didn't click at all for yeah. either side. Yep. Soft soft flashes of it the last few games, but didn't didn't produce. Penalties were a problem. Didn't necessarily look super impressive when he wasn't in the box. I think it's just probably what he needed. Are they going to miss him? I mean, you, you think so? You you. Because you'd rather take the body, like, I'm trying to find the right way to say this. Like, he's, like, I guess having him in the lineup, the potential for what he could do, what he could offer you is greater than without him in the lineup. Yeah. I mean, even when he was just skating as a fourth liner, like, he still had that upside and that big play in him that we saw a couple times, like you said, late in the semester. 
but at the same time, as far as top 10 picks go, it doesn't feel like it's a devastating loss like maybe some of the others have. Um, but also, it's the kind of thing where maybe he just needed that maturity to his game and he would round out eventually. And uh, I don't know, it's hard to say if he got into his sophomore, junior years here because clearly he kind of had one foot out the door and was ready to go at a moment's notice. <laughs> so I don't know if he would have kind of speaks to culture and fit and players you're bringing in, but okay. Maybe a little bit. It absolutely no, does. It was, this has been your problem with the program forever. Me personally? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you just had vendettas against Zegers and Farabee for being one and dones. I don't like one and dones because, yeah, it doesn't help the continuity. How about of the half and done? Longevity. Yeah. I mean, talk about <laughs> really in and out. That's, yeah, half a, half a year and done. See you later. Um, maybe he knows something we don't about COVID or something in college sports. Uh, you know, maybe he's trying to jump the ship early. Like, who knows? Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do think, and, and this is true, not just BU, obviously, but anywhere like having players that just come in and go out. Sure. Maybe they, they're, you know, provide you with something special for a dozen, two dozen games like Tyler did. Um, but then it's like, well, where are you really now? Like the guys that are going to be here as junior seniors don't have, you know, don't have that skill set, Don't have those opportunities that you gave to these big prospects. It's like, where did the program go? I wouldn't say Tyler Boucher's like experience in the program is uh, exactly a positive one towards the future, not just what will this team look like now that you have to probably get Marcus Boguslavsky more games. Hopefully Ethan Phillips is good to go because he's a guy who could jump right in to that kind of spot in the lineup at least. Um, but also what does it say for the next potential top 10 recruit who may be looking a little bit differently? I, I mean, I hope not. I hope they know that it's kind of a one-off thing and, Zegers and Farabee were both amazing. Farabee winning the national rookie of the year. Um, yeah, not great. Not great. How about that breaking news, though, here on the show? Didn't yeah, that's that kind one. of our own. That's our, that's our mailbag hand delivered to us. <laughs> that's a good point. Late Christmas gift. Uh, who needs Mike Coffee, right? No, we need Mike Coffee. You want to still do it? Oh, yeah. Why not? Okay. Um. So he wants to counter your point because, like, yes. you know, different this, coaches, different systems, it's hard to compare. Um, and he says, so then why doesn't BU change the approach? Are we saying that players they recruit cannot play in a different system? Hockey players, or their hockey players, mostly highly skilled ones, message to the coaches, if it isn't working, we are not winning, then the approach needs to change. What say you? I see his point, and I definitely – agree that there needs to be a program change or at least not a pro like a like maybe you need to change the template a little bit but i also think that they have i think if you look back at maybe the guys that albie recruited when he was an assistant coach and then came through when he was the head coach the sure is farabee's egress obviously but like the master simone the ethan phillips um generally smaller skill guys with that top end draft worthy talent and even like a logan cockrell years before like those just guys that are gonna fire it around on a power play but aren't exactly gonna stick up to some of the more physical teams but these last couple years ironic that we mentioned tyler boucher today but that's more the kind of player it seems like they've brought in bigger bodies you know like a sam stevens or 
even before him, Matt Corsia, who had a successful time at BU, even though he transferred out this past offseason. Um, the Peterson-Tuck combination, obviously, just like bigger guys that we've seen succeed, or at least their, their templates succeed. Like, I feel like we have seen a bit of a change in recruiting a little bit. And sure, you can never pass up that top playmaker like a Farabee Zegris. But I think in, in terms of filling out the depth, I've liked what they've done more recently um, without necessarily needing grad transfers like Alex Brink to bring you that physicality. I feel like they're developing that within uh, with like the Amantes or just that kind of thing. I don't know. I think there's more of a balance at least than when we got here. Although in terms of on the ice, it still feels like they are finding that identity of being able to utilize those guys to their full strength while also blending in the Cockerels, the Phillips, like the guys that are going to use their wheels, Zabonet. Sure. Like there's, there's definitely got to be a balance of that. They're still probably working to figure that out. Um, but I, I've liked the steps, like the building blocks are there. That, I guess that's my response. I think okay. that works. Okay. I, I, I don't have anything else to add to there that. There you go. Like Take that places. one, Mike Coffee. Um, <laughs> quickly on quickly on Boucher. Um, oh, the expectation on for the sixty sevens and the OHL is because they were the ones that drafted him in the OHL draft. Yeah. Um, so they have his rights. So it's pretty much like college never happened. He just went straight to juniors. Yeah. Okay. So what's he going to do? Is he now going to be a Jay O'Brien type and go to another college after? No, he's probably just going to go and stay in the OHL. You, once you, it's it's pretty cut and dry. It's either CHL or NCAA. Okay. He has chosen CHL. All right, and good luck to him. Hopefully, he finds greener pastures. But that's yep. a shame. That's a real shame. Um, and quickly to wrap up, Robert Mastersimone on the uh, Pucks and Beat podcast, I think it's called, um, on from Everything College Hockey, said he thinks BU can win the Bean Pot. Sure, um, Robert. Why not? We he says like. I think he said we have the roster too. We just got to start playing like it, which is just a microcosm of everything we've been saying this semester. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, what else is he gonna say? That's the kind of the thing there. But yeah, I mean, what was the quote? And from their uh, their social media, oh, it was like, yeah, the boys are confident. I'm confident. I think we have the best team in the bean pot again. We just need to play like it. So that was his quote. And like, I guess everybody from any bean pot team would say that. Um, and it's a pretty even field. I think of the four teams, the one that I'm least, or the three teams, I guess, three possible opponents, the one I'm most afraid of is the first round opponent, Harvard, uh, which is way different than we felt at the start of the season. We thought Harvard would be the kind of the, the weak link um, because they didn't play last year. But I think they're the strongest team to this point over BC, Northeastern, BU. I mean, it's Harvard and BC, or Harvard and Northeastern, I should say. Yeah. So... I don't, I don't know. I like anyone can win two games. It's just playing your best hockey when it matters. And as we've said time and time again, they have yet to prove that, but I wouldn't put it past them. And I guess you can kind of extend this to a forecasting the rest of the season. We did that a little bit last episode, right? We said uh, a playoff series win is what we're expecting at this point. Yeah. Which is, is that like a reasonable expectation or our like success expectation? Like, I think it's, both. What would be a success? It's both. A success is not getting bounced yeah. in the first round of the hockey's playoffs. I mean, with this team and with our ex- expectations before the season, hey, like, oh, the Frozen Four is in Boston. I mean, okay. I mean that, that's, that's a failure of the season. 
but at this point in the season, you gotta you have to readjust and reevaluate your expectations. I guess that would be a success. I guess that's true, which kind of hurts. Um, yep, it's it's and that's what I said. It's a total failure if you look at it from a expectations at the beginning of the season, expectations of the program. Yeah, but still got half the year to go. Plenty of time to turn this thing around. Maybe you got got rid of a little bit of bad bad energy there with Mr. Boucher. Who knows? We'll find out. Um, quick at the end of the, the program here, just a little uh, little note on the World Juniors going on. Drew Camesso voted player of the game after 23 saves in the USA's first game win, 3-2 over Slovakia. They think they had like a 14-4 and record against Slovakia going in, so they were definitely expected to win, and they did so. Um, I was impressed. I thought their power play looked really good. They had two goals in the first period on it. Um, and then Comesso held in there when they needed him in the third period. So enjoyed that. They're back in action today against Switzerland. Um, Pretty good goalie matchup. 430. What? Pretty good goalie matchup in this one. Jesper Walsh that did a 48 shutout against uh, Slovakia the other day. Wow. Who would have thunk it? Um, so, yeah, looking forward to how that goes. Um it was interesting to hear some of the commentary on Comesso over the last game. I think it was Ray Ferraro. Um, then just Your saying, impression. Like, oh. Your impression. Yeah, Ray Ferraro. <laughs> my impression. Well, everything for him is really excited. He's really into it. <laughs> you know, he's, he's like, he was like, yeah, Drew Comesso from a BU program that's having a little bit of a rocky start to their year, but they turned it on in the last half of the semester. Comesso with a 930 save percentage, something like that. I think it's, it's 930. That's certainly one way to describe it. Turned it on the last half of the semester. Well, yeah, 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 there was a little bit of that, like, ah, okay. But do you think, like, I don't know, is Comesso playing his best hockey of the season so far now, do you think? I think he's been very good. Yeah. Definitely better than the first two weekends of the year. Yeah. When we I were think, like, it's not bad, but you want more. Yeah, I think that, I mean, it definitely hit a low around the Northern Michigan trip, but I think he's definitely gone up, which is encouraging, and I hope he keeps that momentum through World Juniors here. Um, like we said, U.S. against Switzerland and then against Sweden on Wednesday the 29th before finishing group play against Russia the 31st at um, – oh, this is, a, this is a late one. This is 9.30. Yeah, another 9.30 start. It is mountain time out there in Alberta. Yes, but I liked that, that 9.30 start because it was a terrible game of football for us New England fans on Sunday, um, losing to the Bills – and then my fantasy team got shellacked. Congratulations to you going to the championship. Um, so it was just all bad. But then 9.30 at night, you need something to pick you up. You put on World Juniors, and there's Drew Comesso, player of the game. How are you? Yep. That'll do it, I think. I think that'll do it. Wow, what a program. What a program. Yeah. Hit, hit our faux mailbag, got some breaking news. <laughs> that was the mailbag. Huh? Breaking, the breaking the news was the mailbag. Thank you. That was like a emergency delivery. Um, that was overnight shipping. priority shipping. That's exactly what it was. Shipping Tyler Boucher straight out of town. Yep. Basically. Um, all right. All right. Cool. Well, as we said, BU men take on Brown this weekend. BU women taking on Syracuse and then potentially either St. Cloud State or Penn State um, after or will. It's either or in depending on the stakes. Um, you can find me on Twitter at patdon 12 Brady on Twitter at Brady D. Gardner, WTV Sports at WTV Sports. The website is sites.bu.edu slash WTVU slash sports. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. We'll see you next time.